love him. He rubbed a Twinkie on his nipple right before he left. He's off his rocker again. You're blowing up, Jeremiah. Pop, 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 pop in by Adam Sandler. More funky. Funky. It's going down right now. Uh, Owen Wilson's clone. Hello? You can't spell harassment without harass. Dope. 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 You're blowing up, Jeremiah. That was just a little taste of what's to come, yo. Skylar Stone is my guest today. And I got to say, he's uh, he's my favorite kind of guest to have on this show. We got real weird together. We had some great call-ins. He told stories of being in the movie Waiting and even shared his SNL audition story. Those are always super fun and a lot more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Jeremiah Wonders. I hope your week was swell. Hope it was fantastic. I had a stressful but good week. I'll get into that a little bit later. I haven't done this for a bit. I wanted to feature some music from a dope guy I met in Michigan when we did our Kill Tony run there. His name is Devin Watson. He did a minute on the show, and I want you to uh, check out his stuff. So from his album Solidify, here's Cruisin' from Days. Guys, next week, I'm excited to be back in Texas with Kill Tony. Stand Up on the Spot is November 20th. If you want to check that out at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, November 29th, I'll be headlining The Rec Room in Huntington Beach. December 6th, I'm headlining in Detroit. And December 7th, I'm headlining in Toronto. So come check out some live shows to see your boy live. I want to get into the Kindness Challenge. Uh, If you don't know what the Kindness Challenge is, I hope you do by now. Every week, I challenge you guys, the listeners, to do something out of the kindness of your heart for a stranger or somebody that you know. It can be little, can be big. It doesn't matter as long as you're putting out positivity into the world. This week, I got a letter from a guy who I've never met before. I don't know what he looks like. So, Jeremiah, start to wonder, what would this guy sound like if uh, he read a a letter in his voice on uh, what he thinks his voice would be on the podcast? So, here we go. Hey, Jeremiah. Big fan of you and Pat Reagan. I love the kindness challenge and try to live by that every day. The law of attraction is real. If you give out to the universe, it will get back. The other day at a restaurant I went to, the card system was down. The owner said I could come back another day and pay, or next time I come to the restaurant, I can pay off the tab. I went there and told her I didn't forget and I appreciate it. She couldn't believe my honesty and paid for the previous meal. I was so grateful. The next day, I was driving through some sketchy neighborhoods and saw a 12-year-old boy playing a guitar on a portable amp. 
I turned around, gave him some money, and told him to never give up on his dreams. He stopped, looked at me, and said, thank you, I'll never give up. And that made my day. Thanks, Jeremiah. Big fan. Kyle from Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Thank you, Kyle, for writing the show. See, guys? He got something nice done for him. He paid it forward to uh, a kid, told him to never give up on his dreams. Maybe that's the next Jimi Hendrix. We don't know, but it could be because of Kyle's positive energy. Thank you for that nice letter, Kyle. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, this uh, this last week uh, I've been uh, doing tapings for Netflix for Historical Roast, and they've been super fun. But yeah, I've been having to do a lot of prep and a lot of the music with my buddy Avery Pearson for that. Uh, but it's been pretty nonstop. I played Freddie Mercury's cat for a bit, so in the spring, you'll get to see your boy as a giant cat on Netflix. So that's pretty exciting. I want to thank the sponsors of this show, Speedweed, at Speedweed on Twitter. Hit up Gino if you need that marijuana delivery. And uh, if you don't smoke, why don't you go get a pizza at Bronxborn Pizza in Bend, Oregon, at Bronxborn Pizza, or maybe... Maybe over at Gray Block in Santa Monica, Hitta. They sponsor uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast as well. So check them out. And uh, I'm also looking for uh, myself for a saxophone sponsor. If you know somebody uh, at a, uh, maybe you know somebody at a Yamaha or, a, uh, or one of those other uh, sax companies, <laughs> then, uh, you know, hit me up. Email your boy Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. You can also send me music submissions there as well and your kindness challenge letters. And if you want to support the show, there is a PayPal donate button at jeremiahwonders.com. If you can't do that, head over to iTunes, guys, and give me a five-star rating and review, and that helps boost up the rankings of this podcast and gets new people to listen to it, which we want to do, which I appreciate. Thank you to DJ McRae for your original mixes at the beginning of this episode, and a big thank you to my buddy Gage Tiarina, at Gage Tiarina, for editing the audio and video of this podcast. You can uh, check Gage out the the night before in Houston at the Secret Group where uh, he'll be performing there uh, the night before Kill Tony. And DJ McRae, he spins live at DJ McRae on Twitch most nights of the week. This one is a longer episode. I'm trying to rush through these announcements, so um, I wanted to cut this intro as short as possible. But the reason why it's so long is uh, because Skylar and I had so much fun recording it. If uh, what I'll say about uh, just the, these uh, upcoming episodes, I'm having a few guys on that you may not be, uh, they may not have been guests on Kill Tony in the past. Uh, I might be introducing you to them. I'd love for you guys to uh, spread the word and keep uh, you know the numbers up and, and listening and and spread the word on these guests. They're great. They have my seal of approval. There's a reason why I'm bringing them on the show. Because I got a uh, guys like Skyler and a couple other guys who haven't done, been like guests on Kill Tony coming up that uh, I think are great and I think that you really enjoy. So without further ado, please welcome my pal Skyler Stone to Jeremiah Wonders. Do you have any paper? Paper? Or just something to put my. I don't want to chew gum on your podcast. I hate when oh, people yeah. do that. Sorry. I've literally listened to people before and they're just like, yeah. So then I was on. Shining live, and I'm like, are you seriously doing this? Bro? <laughs> what are you? Take your gum out of your mouth, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> Perfect. Gum out. Put dicks. it on your couch. I'm a pro. Gum out. Hour late. Put a, dude, dicks out. Every. <laughs> so what was Skyler like? Uh, let's see. He was an hour late. He, uh-huh. put his gum on my, he used my bathroom right away. Which is right funny. away. I don't know if it was the coffee. I don't know if it was the juice that he was yeah. using. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> then he told a story about vinyl that didn't make sense. Yeah. He, I, I, I think he's back on drugs. I, I don't know what's going on with I Skyler. think he's back on he's drugs. He's off his rocker again. S- seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad uh, you could come by today, man. I'm really glad to be here. Dude, we uh, we were talking before the podcast. Uh, you're you're one of my favorite comedians to run into in parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> Not on stage. Not, on Not stage. a fan of your material. We, we, we yeah. hate each other's material. Yeah. We hate yeah. what we each other do on stage, but yeah. off stage in the parking lot, yeah. we really make each other laugh. I I like I like having uh, parking lot bros. I, Sandy Danto is really funny in the parking oh, lot. Oh, he's so funny. Adam Ray is really good at riffing in the parking lot. Uh, there's just people that can get me going, but you get me going because you're like uh, I, I like to think of you. You're you have like an uber character to you, just meaning like you know, like on on Curb Your Enthusiasm, it is grounded humor, but it's also a little elevated, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I view you as just like you're a grounded dude for sure. You're a Midwest boy, but you're also just a little you're goofy and silly and like intense and i like it I, I like match up with it it's fun yeah we start going and then we start getting real loud and then sometimes people are like can you keep it down a yeah, little what's bit? up with jeremiah and skyler <laughs> they are killing each other out in the parking <laughs> lot <laughs> well but we do that we get yeah. into, like physical things where it might yeah. look like we're fighting or fucking you know yeah and i think people are sometimes very, both yeah <laughs> sometimes fighting fucking yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one of my favorite things to do actually yeah oh dude totally dude love to get some people during sex dude get some reps in while you get that sex in <laughs> <laughs> dude how do you think my twins were made <laughs> yeah dude i totally. slapped the shit out of my dude, wife just bam bam she hey. hit me too me too right time's right. up she yeah hit me, me too, too. But black eyes yeah. a lot of times yeah yeah but, you know Whew. what's it like having twins and being a comedian is that a weird question for me to ask no jay leno uh <laughs> Hey, so tell me about twins. Hey, yeah, but so uh, what's going on with that twins? Is uh, you you as a uh, comedian? Yeah, Kevin, 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 can you imagine having twins? Can you imagine having a? Uh, <laughs> no way, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the riffs that me and Adam do all the time. He knows that I'm a sucker for his Jay Leno and for his Kevin, so he'll leave me voicemails that are so inappropriate. Like it'll be like he'll just be like, "Hey, Skyler, so I just want to see if you wanted to uh, do my show, Adam and Ray and Buddies, um, or sorry, Jay Leno and Buddies next week. Yeah, are you down to do it, Kevin? Are you gonna do it, <laughs> Jay? You don't pay that much. No, nah, I'm probably not gonna do it. He'll leave me like a ten minute voicemail of both characters going back and forth. Uh, but back to your question. Um, Twins is great, dude. Uh, most people like think it must be just awful and like terrible because you're just it's two of everything. But you're literally already changing a diaper. What? Th- why does it What's matter? What's one more kind of right next to it? You're already in the shitsville. Yeah. So yeah. you know what I mean. So all right. Yeah. Nice. Did I handle that one well? Thanks so much for coming on the show. <laughs> We just end the podcast there. All right. Well, perfect. Uh, well, that was really all the questions that I had for you. Uh, <laughs> what if this is your? Your wife's like pregnant with twins. She just wanted to know yeah. like what like, it's like. Is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> like what it's like. And then like you got your answer. Like, okay, well, I didn't really okay, want you well, the show. That's really all that I had prepared. She for comes today. out of the closet <laughs> behind you. She's like, thanks for the info. I thank you so much. We've really been looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. Dude. How uh, long have you been married? I, I got married. Uh, dude, we just hit one year anniversary. Really? Yep. Are you guys high school sweethearts, or what's your story? Uh, no, we uh, we met doing uh, improv with the Second City out here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you're both performers. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, she, yeah, she used to... Uh, uh, she used to be an actress, uh, but she uh, now she teaches kids on the autism spectrum improv, actually, to help with their social skills. That's amazing. What, yeah, what yeah. age level are we talking? Uh, You're like 14 maybe, months. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, twins, specifically. You need to yes and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's basically kids that are like anywhere from like 
preschool, kindergarten to like later in grade school. Wow. She, she, she's done some workshops where it's like later teens and like young adults, but it's mainly like younger kids. And she's totally into it? Oh, she loves it. Dude, yeah, yeah. You found a winner. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's you, great. Usually, like, yeah. What? So, what does your wife do? Um, you know, she uh, she works at Showtime. She's a vicious studio exec, and uh, she fires people for a living. She's a professional groupie. Uh, that's how <laughs> yeah. we met. Um, it was after a show, and you know, yeah. that was about it. She hang, she 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 works with Incubus. What does she do? Uh, she just goes on tour with them. Oh, she has a job. No, she they she, just like her to hang out. <laughs> she's just really cool. I guess yeah. they love her to come to their hotel rooms after the show. It's like. Uh, your wife is a groupie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't like to call it that. No, it's more of a supportive yeah. uh, of others' uh, creative endeavors. It is fun to talk to girls now in Los Angeles and just literally realize as they stumble through trying to say what they do that they're just like Instagram famous. Like you'll just be like, oh, so what yeah. do you do? And they're just like, they literally, they don't have a great, it's like, well, you know, I, 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 I'm in branding and marketing and, you know, I, I have a, a, a lifestyle degree. A oh, lifestyle so you degree? Were, oh, so you work in <laughs> lifestyle degree. Yeah. How do you major in that? Yeah. <laughs> just living? It's like, you know, it's a lot of filters. It's yeah. a lot of. Yeah, God, there's so many filters. I woke up in sepia tone the other day. It was a drag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to really work to get to Oslo. It was it was a rough day. Yeah. It was a rough day. Yeah. My, By four I, o'clock, I was at New York, and then it was good. Do- doctors say I might get carpet tunnel in my <laughs> in my <laughs> index finger from scrolling so much. So it's a it's a real big issue. I just they'll they'll start to just wander off in their answer, and you're like, oh, you fuck guys for a living. I knew this chick. We never could figure out what she did. I'm not gonna say her name, but she um she literally would just like constantly be in awesome cities that anybody would love to go to and her pictures would just reek of like what penthouse suite are you staying in yeah and we'd all like constantly just say what do you do and she'd never have an answer for what she does and then also no one would ever be in the pictures but someone's obviously taking those yeah, pictures like, who is taking that photo yeah so we realized she just had a million sugar daddies and got flown around the world and got Whoa. yeah and then when she finally got pinned and like saying so you get paid to have sex she was no i look at it more as like a relationship where like you know an exchange of services where like you're getting paid to have sex. She starts defining <laughs> what a prostitute is, <laughs> yeah. like by the book. I'm like, yeah. oh, interesting. So that's a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. a prosty. Now, if you were a chick, would you do that? Would you? You I think about that all the time, too, <laughs> because it's nobody is trying to get. Nope. You know, this is not. You know, if I had the goods, oh, dude, I don't, I don't <laughs> if know. I had the, if I had the goods, I mean. <sighs> well, look at the reverse. Like, if someone's like you, dude, if you if you were funny or you had like you know talent and acting, would you go for it? How, like, and we do have that, so we do go for that. So, like, if it's tough for me to say that I wouldn't do it yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm showing that if I do have the goods in something, I absolutely hundred percent go for go it. Go for it. Yeah. So, if I was fuckable, you know, I think I might get bent over in some some hotels in Hong Kong. You know, so. I don't know. I've always wanted to go to Hong Kong. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You're going to bend me over. You're going to have sex with me. It's going to feel good. I get to eat all the food I want. You're going to pay for my rent for the next six months. And all I got to do is just pretend like I like you for, you know, three minutes. Yeah, I think I'm in. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah this sounds, you're going to come quick anyway, right? Because <laughs> I'm hot, right? Because I'm hot. Because that's how this works. <laughs> I'm totally hot. I'm going to make it, you know, square real quick. Yeah. Also, you're 62, so you have no sperm, so we don't have anything to worry about. So. <laughs> that's that's where it starts getting into like the gross area. Whenever it's like really much older dudes are like, "I'll fly you out to my mansion." Yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Um, is there a view? Yeah, <laughs> do they have lobster tail yeah. delivered to the Oh room? no, or? I think there's wow, there's actually an Instagram famous girl who's calling in. She's are you got serious? Like, she's got like six million followers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, 
Heather? Heather's calling in? Yeah, hello? Hey. Oh, Heather. <laughs> sounds like uh sounds like you're pretty relaxed right now. I'm so relaxed. Are you is this like I'm picking up like a Xanax type feeling? Man. What? Uh, no, I had a pill and I drank a little something. I'm good. What time is it wherever you're at? I don't know what time zone I live in anymore. I've been flown so many places. Oh, so you're kind of like um, you're kind of like the lead character in Fight Club. You wake up and just don't know where you're at, huh? Uh, what's a Fight Club? Uh, it's a. It's I a... was born in 1995. Oh, so you were four when Fight Club came out. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, there's Netflix and the internet and HBO.com. I mean, there's a lot of ways to see things. I don't like that as an excuse. Really. I get all of my movies. Your Instagram in 60 second spurts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, d- d- have you seen Forrest Gump? I've uh, I've seen um, eight minutes of it. Like you... I swipe to the left, but there's they only allow so many clips. Oh. In your profile. So did did you know that he in, that he that it ends up Jenny has AIDS? Or... Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Jenny has AIDS. Oh no. I know. That can happen. Well, yeah, it's also sad because the director just kind of left it open ended. Like, you know, she tells him that she has AIDS, and it's like, well, does Forrest have AIDS? Because he fucked her too. So, yeah, that's it, a big conundrum. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that, that's learned, a big word for you. I learned it yesterday in a thesaurus. <laughs> is that did what you know? That thesaurus is a dinosaur. <laughs> no, well, I mean, maybe that's what you did in make believe playtime in bed and. In the bed you're in in, in, in Dubai, but um, no, that's not... Uh, are you in Dubai? You're in Dubai? I'm getting a Dubai feeling from you. Uh, that's so cool, you're Dubai. How long have you been Dubai? Um, du- Dubai's a place? No, you're Dubai sexual. No, what is Dubai sexual? It's, you know, you're a little gay and you come to Dubai and like sometimes you're straight and you go off your rocker and you sometimes hire me for my services. Dubai sexual. Oh, okay. No, that's... Uh, and you got to have money. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that is not... That's not a thing. Um, okay. Uh, I'm about to pass that again, so I'll call you back later. Hey, Heather, I'll for sure DM you sometime. Yes, slide in there. <laughs> That I'm made, really glad Heather called. I'm glad she called, but it made hardly any sense what she was talking about. It did make a lot of sense. She didn't know what she thought a, a a thesaurus was a dinosaur. That was weird. That was definitely not. She, um, she said she learned it in a thesaurus, so she learned it inside of a dinosaur. I thought she was kidding, but she wasn't kidding. She wasn't kidding. You know what's great though, Jeremiah? You should feel good because like your podcast is really reaching far and wide. That like someone like her is listening. Well, the amount of people that are able to call in at any moment's notice is always unbelievable. Yeah. Like we get a lot of celebrities and stuff that call in and, you know, Instagram famous people, obviously. So that's it's, really it's cool. pretty exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. That's really exciting. Like, dude, I, uh, like I was watching, uh, uh, wedding crashers. The other oh day. yeah. 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 And, uh, I'm just a big fan of Vince Vaughn. Like I, I, I'm hoping that one day he calls in the show because I'm a big fan of his, but I'm not sure if he even listens to a podcast. I don't know if he's like one of those guys or not. Oh, I- is it ringing right now? It's actually something's oh, coming you're, up my caller ID it's right probably now. your wife. You no, know. no, no, no. Dude, it says VV on it. You, Dude, it could not. No. Do you think it's Vince Vaughn is calling What are the in? chances that when you would say that, he would like... I don't think that... Do you think he's a fan? I think it's... If he's a Baby, not only am I a fan... Okay, I'll tell you right now, I'm a supporter. All right, I've been sending Jeremiah money on PayPal. He doesn't even know it's me. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, we got a situation here because I look at Jeremiah like the eighth wonder of the world, okay? I don't even know why he's not etched on Mount Rushmore yet, baby. All right, because baby wants this and baby wants that, but baby wants Jeremiah. That's what baby wants. 
<laughs> I cannot even believe he's calling in right now. I can't, Vince. Uh, dude, thank you for calling in. I can't believe that uh, uh, you heard my, my 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 shout into the universe of your name. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, look, Jeremiah. I don't have a lot of notes for your career because right now the way you're going, you're a skyrocket. <laughs> you got you got rocket fuel coming out of your penis at this point, okay? But the only note I would give you is I just don't think you should line yourself up with things that say things like the GDM Comedy Jam. I mean, like I'm a good Catholic boy. I don't say GDM. Why do you say GDM? Uh, you know. I try to just say the comedy jam. I, mean, I think uh, that's more appropriate. Yeah, okay. yeah, because my mom doesn't like the name. I'll tell you that much. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, who says that? I, 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 look, right now we got a situation, okay? And we got to cook it. You and me? All right, we, we need to work together. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we need to do something big, okay? I don't know if you have any scripts, any ideas, anything. Do you have anything you could pitch me right now? Uh, Sure. Um, uh, There's, um, uh, is it too weird to say maybe like a Wedding Crashers 2? Is that? I mean, I, I, we could do that. I mean, I'll tell you, actually, you know what? I, let, let, I'm going to do a three-way call, okay? Let me let me get Owen, Owen Wilson. You want me to patch in? I, Owen Wilson's calling in right now? Yep, I'm texting him right now. He should be calling. Give him the number. Three, seven, four. Okay. I cannot believe you have A-listers like this calling in. This uh, is dude, the reach of this I, podcast is unbelievable. I'll tell you right now, Skylar, that's my shit right there. Hey, boy, I saw your show on Comedy Central back in the day, Con. All right, that shit was great, okay? All right, I see you on Instagram all the time. You got those twins. The twins good? Dude, he fucking knows I have kids. This is crazy right now. Dude, he follows you, I guess. I mean, do, do I follow him? I know where he lives. He lives in Reseda. Daniel LaRusso, baby. Ha, ha, ha. That's what we're doing right now. Cobra Kai, motherfucker. I did, did, Jeremiah. This is like going to do wonders for my career. I can't even believe you, dude. Like this and in. and Owen Wilson is actually calling in right now as well. So this is this is pretty fast. I'm going to patch Owen Wilson in right now. All right, put that baby in right now. Okay. Uh, hello, Owen. Is uh, uh, is that you? Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Jeremiah? Uh, it's, Sorry, uh, hey, Jeremiah. It's, it's Jeremiah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the show. J- Jeremiah Ponders. Uh, it's uh, Jeremiah Wonders. You're getting uh, my name I off and everything. I love the name Jeremiah Ponders because it's like you're all over here just trying to ponder. the universe. Baby, if you're going to call into a show, do a little research like Daddy did, okay? It's, it's Jeremiah Wonders. Oh, my God. I was in a movie last year called Wonder. Yeah, you would think you would know the fucking title. Yeah, I didn't even... Okay. Owen Wilson has this a is fucking crazy. Owen Wilson has a clone brother that's calling in. We have a what? fourth caller. Yes, he's also calling in. Hello. This, oh, is, a, this is a group party at this point. It's baby. a it's a group phone party. It's going down right now. Uh, Owen Wilson's clone. Hello. Wow. Well, hey. Hey. Uh. Hey, Vince. Hey. Uh, uh. Other. Other Owen. How are you doing? Yeah. That's other Owen. God. I, wow. Wow. It's like we're seeing the same, same thing. thing. Wow. Wow, okay, this is getting a little weird. Okay, uh, uh, I don't... I don't it's weird. Yeah, right it's now. weird that the Owens are only communicating with each other and they're not even acknowledging that Vince is even on the line right I now. I mean, I made more money than other Owen ever made. I made more money than actually Owen made. You, need, you need to calm down right now. Yeah, okay. You know what he needs? He needs some ayahuasca. Some ayahuasca. Go down to Peru. Go down to Peru. You know, just step on top of a mountain. You know what I mean? Lick the back of a toad and ride the way. Yeah, just get in there. All right, you guys sound like you're you're going through a tough time together. Okay, I think that's really cute. You you have each other. I dude, this is really bizarre, man. It's like, so bizarre. I think the Owen Wilsons are starting to be attracted to each other. I've never seen a man this beautiful before. Nah, so like, beautiful. Wow. You want to do like some side eight FaceTime right now, dude? I've always wanted to sixty nine myself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Licking yourself while yourself's getting licked. I cannot even. It's another dimension of sexual. It's like Inception meets Insection. Insection. Yeah. Wow. Okay, guys. Okay, 
person. Okay, uh, Owen, if you guys are just going to sexually harass each other, I know it's technically not wrong because it's the it's same person. It's not really harassment because I'm consenting to myself. You can't spell harassment without harass. You, can't, you really can't. You can't. No, you can't spell Kansas City without titty. Actually, there's no T in there. That doesn't there's no matter. titty in yeah, there's in no Kansas titty City. In Kansas that was kind of strange. That was, Owen, that was completely unnecessary. Sometimes I look into my own eyes and I wonder if that part in The Lion King is actually true where Mufasa says, you know, to his son that he's proud of, he's proud of him. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sometimes I, Jeremiah, wonder that myself. <laughs> Managed to get the podcast name. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh my! We God. lost them all at the same time. I don't know what happened. That's really weird. Yeah. Oh, Vince just texted me. Actually, did he? He said that was one of the best times of his life. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's potential for what, wedding crashers what too. What chance is that when I made that up as a joke? That's so funny. That's very weird. That's dude. so funny. That's great. Yeah, dude. That was bizarre. That um, sometimes. I found that whenever you say a name on this podcast, it almost conjures their energy and they want to call in. It's like their ears are burning. And that's why, you know, you were talking about a comedian earlier. You yeah. just called your cell phone. It happens on the show. I don't know. It's what a special say. show. It's a special show. It really is. Yeah. You know, like, um, like, uh, I don't know what it puts out there, but like, it's some good positive energy that people, you know, reciprocate and they, they want to be a part of it. So they want to call into the show. It's because guys like you and I, we really take care of ourselves. We do. You know, we drink a lot of wheatgrass yep you know what i mean and it we it's the wheatgrass it's really the wheatgrass dude i uh so and the crossfit the crossfit i just turned into josh there <laughs> josh oh. loves CrossFit. josh adam myers loves crossfit can you can you do a josh adam myers oh dude absolutely man <laughs> dude not a problem can, can josh call him real quick uh yeah i think he's uh i think uh josh adam myers uh oh yeah he's actually calling right now there it, there I, it goes I again him. hello uh jmo what's up buddy Dude, Skyler. Hey, dude. What, dude, Josh, what's up, dude? I want you to be on my new podcast, The 500. What is the five? Wait, is this a, is this about how much I weigh and that I've put on some weight? Nope, it's not a weight podcast. Okay, it's a music podcast. Okay. Yep. It, what's it like? What is it? What? Why is it called The 500? Because you, Rolling Stone came out with an article years ago that named the top 500 albums of all time. Okay. 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 So I'm going through every week, starting at. Number 500, all the way down to one. So join me over the next seven <laughs> years or so, and I'm going to have you on as a guest. It's going to take you seven years? Yeah, absolutely. You, you've done the math? You know how long it's going to take? Yep, I posted it on my Facebook wall. This is a real thing. He's actually... Wait, he actually knows how long it's going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually he said uh, he's going to start in November, and then it's going to end in like 2000, whatever. Dude, this is like uncharted. T I love that Josh is like... He's, he's setting an end he's date like a for studio. his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a studio going, all right, we're releasing seven Lord of the Rings films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. now. It's like we have 11 Star Wars movies yeah. till 2026. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, it's, I, I'm actually, yeah. Josh, I'm actually uh, excited. It's actually a good idea. No, it's a great idea. Yeah. I knew that there was an idea, but I didn't know that the, I didn't know he like had an end date. There's a start date. There's an end date. And I'll be talking about a lot about my dog, Lecco, on there. <laughs> Have you heard Sandy, do you, Josh? Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes it hurts my feelings a little bit, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, you know, I love Sandy. Uh, he's done it to my face, so uh, I guess uh, we're all good, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you could have him on your podcast and just give him, like, a really shitty album that everybody thinks is good and make him have to act like it's good. I'm trying to think of, like, 
I guarantee you, there's albums on that 500 that there's I got, like. dude. There's got to be some albums on there that do not make sense. There always you, is. There's all there, there's always some curveballs where you're like, why is this critically acclaimed? Like, there's why? certain bands that like whatever they release, people are like, like I'm sorry, like Elvis Costello does not do a lot for me, and that angers so many music fans. They're like, then you just don't get it. I'm like, don't tell me I don't get it. I've listened to it. There's, yeah, like I just. It, I, 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 I guess I don't get it. Thanks for calling in, Jema. We'll talk yeah, thanks, to you a little Jema. bit later, later, buddy. Uh, dude, you go to a lot of music festivals. Festivals. I almost associate music festivals <laughs> with you sometimes. The amount I've seen you post about it, and you always like post either great videos or pictures or whatever. Yeah. Like, kind of, you go backstage a lot and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, what's like one of your favorite? I I know it's hard to like narrow it down but what's some like what are some of your favorite live bands you've seen that like they may sound good but you saw them live and you're like whoa they sound just as good live as they do on their album i'll give you just a recent one yeah uh, as opposed to necessarily a favorite um i just went and performed on cal jam which is uh the foo fighters reinvigorated an old festival this was a festival that was like the coachella of the 70s it was a really big uh, no edm obviously in hip-hop but um it was like um um it was uh, rock. It was like, you know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and Aerosmith, and, you know, big bands of the 70s like that, and uh, Deep Purple. And so um, Dave Grohl reinvigorated it, and he, he curates the lineup. He picks who's going to be on it, and the Foo Fighters headline it every year. They've done it two years now. This was the second year. And um, someone that's in the Foo Fighters family big time, because uh, they're, they're actually used to be repped by the same management company, is um, Tenacious D. And so the D played and they um did uh the main stage right before the foo fighters and i don't even know how to explain to you like i know that people might be like oh yeah okay cool they're so good like no no like they're not really i don't like to look at them as a music comedy duo they're not just some jokey songwriters they're actual musicians like they can play they write songs these songs have, have, have t stood the test of time like a lot of their greatest songs are from like their album in the '90s, and then their album that came out in, like 2001 or two. And uh, live, there's they have such energy and they have such interplay between them. Like they'll break up on the show or in the show, they'll literally break up on stage. You know what I mean? And then like you know, uh, Jack will sing the song. You know, last week Kyle quit the band, yeah, now yeah. we're back together, and then they come back together and like they they, they have. It's theater. It's literally watching live theater with excellent songs, great jokes. And we're talking about two of the masters of comedic timing. Like Jack Black is someone to study when it comes to comedic timing. It's just it's unbelievable. And Kyle, you can't you can't dismiss Kyle. They're both amazing. You know, dude, uh, it's weird that you're talking about your love for Tenacious D because Jack Black is actually calling into the show. Right Come now. on. He is. Unbelievable, dude! You are you're blowing I, up, Jeremiah. Dude, the, I don't know what your IMDb I, star meter is, but it's got to be dude. Roof it's hiking up there. Uh, I, I think we're getting there. Hello, uh, Jack. Um, is this you, JB? Dude, what's up, Jables? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, Yo, big, big dude, fan. Heard you love my concert, Bradley Dooley. Love, love your concert. Like I literally want to get a tattoo about it. Like I don't know. Dude, to, get it, bro. Will you come with me to the tattoo yeah. show? What? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Dude, that's really Jack Black on the line. Yeah, dude. I thought this was maybe like someone like calling in impersonating him. This is actually Jack Black. No, this is the real JB, brother. Jables McGables. Jables McGables Googles. What's your favorite order at Wendy's? Dude, it's the number two ski, looski, pooski. <laughs> the junior bacon cheese. The junior. <laughs> 
And I want the filet of fish because it has less fish. I want the spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> Gotta love Wendy's. 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 Square burgers. Square cut, you know. It's a little bit better, a little more funky. <laughs> A little bit more on the edges. A little more on the edges. <laughs> so you guys got a new album coming out. Dude, we got a new album coming out. We got a new movie coming out. We got a new cartoon coming out. And we got a new docu-series coming out. We're taking over. Dude, I'm so excited. It is, it's, it's an honor to be in your cellular presence right now. Yeah, dude. What do you think about my brusky Kyle? Kyle's great, man. I just wish you guys wouldn't break up so much and then get back together. It really, it kind of messes with people's mental health that are fans. Dude, it's a complicated relationship, okay? Like, sometimes I'm doing romantic comedies and stuff like that, and then other times I'm focusing on the band. Right now, it's all tenacious. Good. That's that's where it should be. You don't need to do any more King Kong movies. We're good on that. Oh, I'm sorry. That was kind of rude. You didn't like my opening monologue on Saturday Night Live whenever I uh, hosted right after I was in the movie King Kong? What, I, Do you remember that? I, I'm forgetting. King Kong, where did he go wrong? King Kong, that's why I wrote this song. King Kong. That's actually from the Saturday. I can't believe he's quoting that. I, I'm, I'm surprised that you even remember I, that, Jack. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, I don't think many people remember that, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't see that. Um, uh, kind of like um, a few people didn't see a couple of your movies at the end. Actually, there were there were a couple. Oh, we're bringing up. That people didn't see them. Are we doing that, Skyler Stone? Are we going down that path? I guess yeah, I don't. Let's do this. I don't have any room to talk. I've got a couple movies that only went to Amazon Prime, so um, uh, I've got some that went straight to DVD and VOD. So, uh, Jack, nobody's questioning yeah, your star power here. That's okay. I should. I can't even believe I did that. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you got to check the people who you're calling into their show. Yeah, I, 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 got, I didn't realize that Jack Black had a little bit of an anger issue when, like, he turns it on a little bit. Yeah, he really gets going. Don't there. test me. Okay, J- Jack, listen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack, we're gonna have to let you go, uh, but uh, we're really looking forward to your album coming out, brother. Yeah, totally. Big Skylar Stone fan, big Con fan, love him. Thank you, dude. That's cool that he knew, uh, he knew about my... your show, Con. That's so cool. That show was on so long ago. Yeah, and he knew about it. Tell me about that. Tell me about that show. That was amazing. Um, Con was a um, Con was a dream come true because um, I I lived in an apartment on Beechwood and I couldn't get any auditions. Uh, I couldn't get any doors open, and if I did get an audition, I wasn't booking. And so then finally, I just came up with this idea. Um, I actually, now that I think about it, if this is an admission I should probably make. I didn't really come up with the idea. And what I mean by that is, I did, but I didn't. Somebody at a party once was like, "Skyler, tell everybody how you got by today." And what he meant was like, he was famous for this buddy of mine was famous for calling me around like five o'clock at night and be like, how'd you get by today? Because I'd always have a crazy story of how I got a free meal, how I got into a premiere party, how I got into an agency and handed my demo over. Like just always some crazy fucked up story. And so at this party, he goes, um, you should uh, tell the story. And so I was telling a story and all of a sudden there was like a circle around me. I was holding court. And then somebody in that circle was like, that'd be a great show. If it cameras just followed you around and showed how you did this shit, that'd be great. And I was like, I think I'm gonna write that fucking down. And so then I just literally started filming myself. I, I had no money. And then I booked a commercial. Uh, it was actually six commercials for Blockbuster Video. Taking it back. Heck yeah. <laughs> Taking it back. Uh, for the do, you, re- do you remember any of the copy of the, the Blockbuster Video? Like any of the lines? It I, was I know it's it was the grandma. It was the two it was the grandma and the grandpa from um, my big fat Greek wedding. 
So oh, cool. the movie yeah, was yeah. coming to DVD. So the characters were in character coming into Blockbuster, saying like, you know, making sure that the 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 clerks that work there like, you know, understood the movie's coming out and we need to be, you know, pimping it. So yeah. they come and be like, Do you know about our movie? It's coming out. My big fat goody wedding and and I'd be like, uh, oh, I remember one of my lines was like, hey, hey, take it easy. Like I said something <laughs> like that. And he's like, no, 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 take it easy. It's the number one independent, you know, romantic comedy of all time. It's a big deal. I'm like, okay, guess what? This is what I'm going to do for you. And then I like had to like line up the the, the movies. And like, this is back when like you, you walked in and there were like the 100 cases yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that kind of thing. And so I made all this money off those. Uh, I think I made like, you know, at the end of the day, like maybe like, Twenty five, thirty thousand dollars in residuals off that, and like I was broke, so that was just like that's life changing money. That was life changing, yeah. And so I remember just going. I could either go to Hawaii and like you know drink my sorrows away on the beach. I could maybe get a nice car, and then something in me said, "Dude, just go for it. Make a pilot. Just fucking go for it." And so the first thing we filmed was um, so Con. For those that don't know, it was a Comedy Central show. Ran for one season in two thousand five. Taken off the air because of a million lawsuits because everything we were doing was real. Tons of lawsuits. Uh, Hugh Hefner sued us. Subway restaurant sued us. The city of L.A. sued us. Six models sued us. A restaurant called Sutra in Orange County sued us. I could keep going. Like, the post office sued us. Like, everybody sued us. And they were like, you know, the settlement was, hey, will you all stop if we just cancel the show? And they're like, yeah. Like, okay, cool. Show canceled. <laughs> and then it was just, oh, dude. Yeah, we had the ratings. Like, people loved the show. It was a good show. Wow. Yeah. And so, so wh- what was what was the reasoning behind that many lawsuits? You were filming where you weren't allowed to, or it was, it was making them look bad, like in all these situations, everything stuff like that, all the above. combination. Yeah, yeah, it was like you know, like for instance, the first one we ever filmed was um, I found a subway restaurant in. Oh, I didn't find. I wasn't some discover. I found a subway restaurant. Hello, in wow, the o- in the Oaks of Sherman. <laughs> um, you have the, like. The, <laughs> Subway Ahoy, right yeah. over there. They had all kinds of sandwiches, different sizes, six inch, twelve inch, not eighteen yet. But I talked to them about that. Uh, so anyway, I thought you know I, I, I talked to somebody called a sandwich artist. <laughs> he started painting the palette of my sandwich with mustard and mayonnaise. <laughs> he asked me if I wanted chips and a drink for sixty nine cents more. He had watercolor in the shape of Coca Cola and root beer. <laughs> <laughs> so um. I, uh, I, we, we went to this subway. Yeah. Anyone that knows me knows that I hate onions. Like, same here, dude. I cannot do raw onions. And people are like, working. I'm like, no. It's not happening. And I can't, even if you, has it always been that way? Always. If you handed me a burger and there were onions on it and you just said, well, just take them off, I couldn't even eat it because I can't even taste the onion residue on the burger. Like, I can't eat onions. Do you know what? So I used to uh, be able to sometimes eat onions. I didn't like them, but you know how you can kind of like go through it if you're like, ah, whatever, there's an onion or two in here. I can't can't do it anymore. The reason why, whenever I was a teenager, uh, my mom's good friend made us a big uh, uh, jar of salsa Mm -hmm. that was homemade, and it had tons of raw onions and cilantro in it. I ate it. I got really sick and I threw it up through my nose and my mouth and I I associate that that taste. I thought from you were about, all those I thought you were years gonna go ago. a different way. You'd be like, and she used to finger my butthole <laughs> and it was a really bad. I thought you were gonna go like a really bad direction. <laughs> like really, it. and I was yeah. like, no, I just threw up from her. Uh, yeah, no, I just threw up from yeah. everything. Yeah. I, I used to get touched by my mom's friend, and uh, <laughs> now I can't eat onions. Anyway, so back to you, Skyler. So, Jeremiah so, wonders. Uh, what's um, going on, Skyler? Uh, <laughs> so, tell me more about this uh, subway. Uh, Jay Leno here. Oh, uh, wait. I he- do you hear that phone ringing? Uh, actually, I do. It's in only my uh, my monitor, but yeah. Yeah, I thought I heard something. It's it, Oh, my God. 
onion is calling. <laughs> like onion? Like like onions? Onions. Like, represented <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the collective noun. No, no, no. I see it on the car ID and <laughs> all caps onion yeah. is calling in. Um, uh, I guess I'll take it. I've, we've never had a, a vegetable uh, oh, calling. Hey, what's going on, guys? Heard you don't like onions, huh? Oh, uh, sorry to be... Central shows, and I think I can talk shit on a vegetable that's been around since the beginning of fucking time. T I M E. Did well, he just spell time like we didn't know what that he meant? He spelled out time like we're that dumb that we don't know how to spell time. Oh, yes, you are that dumb. D U M R. He just misspelled dumb. He de- absolutely. No, you're dumber. Well, even if you meant dumber, that's also you don't. That, you don't. You tell me about anything, okay? I've been stinking up side dishes. I've been stinking up entrees. I've been grilled. I'm white. I'm dude. Black you, lives matter. Yeah. So do green, white, and red. I'm everything. I'm all encompassing. I am fucking onion. All right, that was definitely uncalled for. What you just said, lumping I, yourselves in with, y- with other the races. Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. That's just onions. Not even, I think that's a little bit uh, off. I, guys, can I just be honest with you? I'm dealing with a lot. And I'm just, I cry all the time. I cut myself and then I cry. You cut yourself and you cry? That... Yes! Haven't you ever cut an onion and then you cry? Yeah, I do, but why are you cutting yourself? Because I'm so confused. I mean, I'm a vegetable and I'm attempting to keep up on cultural issues. I don't even know what the Black Lives Matter movement is, but I talk about it like I do. Well, you sound like just about everybody on Twitter that thinks they know what they're talking <laughs> I about. I gotta say, well, Skylar and I not liking you, uh, is, is I think we're going to hold true to that because you're not coming off as a likable person, Onion. <laughs> you guys just want to hang out or something? I heard Danny Elfman's going to be at the Hollywood Bowl. See, there I go. I don't even know what the Hollywood Bowl is, but I'm talking about it. I'm a goddamn Onion. I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm going to go beat the shit out of Olives. That's little fucking tart motherfucker little fucking tart motherfucker with his little holes okay we're gonna have to we're gonna have to let onion onion we're gonna have to let you go onion goodbye what the fuck okay i just dropped his call i got completely outrageous i I stand by why i don't like onions dude absolutely i don't know dude that went off the rails so he started talking about little holes at the end yeah Wait, he's, and he even admitted, like, who talks about something they don't know about? You know what I mean? I don't know. He was lumping a lot of political stuff in that he had no... He didn't even know what the Hollywood Bowl is. He's probably been in some bowls before, but yeah, he doesn't but know, like, the, at the concert series. Oh, maybe he just thinks it's a bowl in Hollywood that he's going to be in. Maybe. Poor Like, guy. that's his, like, walk of fame kind of thing is the Hollywood Bowl. That's on... Uh, I feel really bad for him, actually. It's, I mean, it, it makes it sense how violent he was because onions are just very pungent in general. Yeah. Like they're very like they come they're at intense. you. They're intense. They like, take over anything. They, they take over anything. Like if you if it especially and they're really raw. Yeah. <laughs> like he was right. That was a that was a pretty good <laughs> characterization of onions. <laughs> I don't know who uh yeah, uh thank you for calling in onion. I guess you added <laughs> you added something to the show. Something. Some some kind of special I mean, it was definitely a a side detour. It just kind of went where that yeah. was like San Vicente. It was a road that just went where it wants. It just crosses over streets and yeah. doesn't pick a direction. You know? <laughs> L.A. humor for anyone in L.A. Right? listening. Uh, <laughs> watch Entourage. Uh, anyway, so. Um, so with Khan, uh, do you have any like uh, uh, favorite memories of doing that show? Because you said you, you did it for a season and then like that that kind of sucks where it's like. It's doing well, but like you have to cancel it because there's so many angle, other angles outside of your control that are coming at you that are like, 
oh, we don't want you to do the show because you're making us not look good and you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I suppose like it's uh, you, the show. Um, it stopped because it had to. Right. Obviously. Um, and, and, and that's good. I, I wouldn't want, you know, Comedy Central to have such a taste in their mouth that they're like, you know, never again. Like, you know, because, you know, they lost all this money. Um, I guess they could look at it like they lost money because they invested and didn't make a ton back like they wanted to. They wanted to be. This was right when pranks couldn't have been hotter. Like this was like. On the heels of Jamie Kennedy experiment, punk, uh, punked, like it yeah. was big right then. Yeah, you know? I mean, I used to watch. That's uh, like I loved the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Oh yeah, I watched it literally until he got so big from the show that it kept interrupting the episodes because yeah. people started recognizing him yeah. even with prosthetics and stuff on. So He's he, Jamie's a genius, and I, I, I've just I've always I like disruption. I like controlled chaos. I like watching. I love human behavior. I love the idea. I sit in coffee shops sometimes, and I just love watching why some people upset baristas and why some people baristas love that they come in. I love just going, oh, my God, it's fascinating to watch this. And then I also like coming in and just like, you know, people come to work and like, okay, I've, I've got my coffee, and I've got my punch card, and I've got this, and I've, I've got my – Everything's apron. by the book. Yeah. Everything has to be – And then uh, someone yeah. like you or I shows up with a little fucking prosthetic on and just kind of changes. I love that in the name of – like I'm not here to hurt anybody. I might hurt you in the moment, but the hope is afterwards you're like, all right, you got me. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was fun. That's fun. Yeah, because it's, it's, it, I like real life and I like pretend, and it's to me it's the only time you're ever actually, truly actually combining the two. Because when you're on a set and it's CSI New York and you're doing a guest star, like yeah, that's fun. That pretend time is fun. But there's nothing really real. You're not about gonna it. get those raw, real reactions. There's nothing really real about a, about a detective, you know, saying a line like, you know, you're gonna tell me who did it, or you're gonna spend a lot of time behind bars because they don't say that in real. I mean, they might say it, but they don't say it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? If you were to really watch a true interrogation scene, which you can see now on like ID Channel or Discovery or whatever, and like they might say those lines, but they just say it like real life, like, hey man, you might want to tell us, or you're gonna spend some time behind bars. You know what I mean? Like, they just say it like yeah. a human being. And with a prank, you can literally have a moment where you're having so much fun and you're playing so hardcore and they have no idea you're playing. So it's truly play in real life at once, you know? Yeah, I love that, dude. Uh, you, uh, you are actually in one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Yep. Waiting. Ooh, dude, that was a fun movie. Dude, when I, that was one of those movies when I saw it. Like me and all my friends, that was like as far as like pop culture goes and stuff like that. It was an instant like hit among me and all my friends. Are like, dude, have you seen Waiting? How, how old are you, by the way? Uh, about to be thirty. Okay, so that movie really speaks to like two generations. Like my, I'm I'm, a, I'm older than you. I'm thirty nine. To my generation and yours. And then it's funny. Um, my son um threw it on unbeknownst to me. At a um um because he's twelve he really shouldn't be watching it uh but he he found it and put it on at a, a sleepover like we were asleep and like they woke back up and like watched whatever they wanted to watch you know uh, and I'm glad they watched that one they're like well we were gonna watch that or straight out of Compton I'm like I'm glad you chose waiting because straight out of Compton's a little you know anyway but he goes yeah, we turned it off because you know we just didn't really get a lot of the jokes and I was surprised by that because a lot of it really is just male humor yeah you know? yeah. But it really speaks. To, his generation is just a little different. They they've got their own little fucking version of their dick jokes or whatever. But like you know, it really hit your generation and mine because it just it's the generation. You know what it is? 
it's the generation that was kind of raised by the Beastie Boys. That's the way I look at it. Okay. Like, we're all kind of like these just jackass, you know, if you watch, if you like Beastie Boys videos, like sabotage and that kind of goofball weirdo humor, this movie speaks to that. And and the writer and director, Rob, was actually a, a Beastie Boys fan. Um, and um, I also wonder, because I am not around teenagers at all anymore. Yeah. I also wonder, like, how much of, like, because some of the humor, like, some of the, the ongoing gags in Waiting is showing the other guys in the kitchen and stuff your junk. Yeah. I w- am curious if that's still even a thing or if now, like, teenagers are like, whoa, dude, that's, like, that's, I think like, social too, media. That's like, too much, dude. Like, I, like uh, you're sexually harassing me if you do that. I think there's a lot of safe space that's kind of gotten in their head now, trigger words that's gotten in their head, and 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 um, they're, Generation Z, like, if you want to make fun of millennials, dude, there's so much more to make fun of in Generation Z, like, my, where my son is. It's a very weird, like... They want to disrupt a little bit, but they really are all. They don't. They always want to be cool. Everything's got to be cool. It's not really cool to show your junk. That's not really like you know. They're afraid of looking stupid. They have a very it, like. There's there's a cool factor. Like you could have you could have made me and my friends do anything. We would have like. You, oh, dude! Anything like, like all that all that kind of that kind of humor resonated with me so much because all my friends and I used to do that dumb stuff to each other. Even like, even some of the guys who are like around our generation, like at, at the clubs and stuff, will still like do kind of homoerotic stuff and for, like for sure. slap butts, nut taps, all that oh, yeah. stuff. Like, and I feel like the gen, the generation of like now that's like very like, what are you doing? That's, that's their space. That's not right. And we're like, dude, this is just so ridiculous. Yeah. It, 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 that movie, like it, the, the age range of people that walk up to me for that movie is if you were to ask right now is about like 28 to 45. Sure. But like early twenties are already like what's waiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah. like, and, and they certainly don't know what con is. You know what I mean? Con is a little old. Con is more like your age to, uh, maybe yeah. actually your age to 50. But, and, then, um, and Waiting has a lot of talent in that cast. It's one of those, uh, one of my favorite types of movies, and the fact that you said this tells me you'll know what I'm talking about because not everyone always does, but one of my favorite types of movies is the ensemble comedic movie with a bunch of people that are on the precipice of about to be big. Yes. Empire Records, Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. Waiting. Uh, there's more, I can't think of it. Because like, just like some of the, like the kitchen staff, you and Dane Cook have like these smaller roles in the movie, but they're so memorable. Yeah, like, yeah, because of, because of what we do in it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's so like what you like. People walk up to me and shake their hair sometimes, and I'll forget for a second because I'm at an airport or I'm somewhere, and I'm just I, it, they'll just look at me and I'm like, why is this guy scratching himself and staring yeah. at me? And I'm like, oh, he's doing the dandruff scene. He's like, yeah. And they'll just give me like a look. They sometimes they won't even say anything. I, I, I just have to. It's like it's like you know. It's like recognition mind game. Like you know. Oh oh, oh we're doing this. Okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Because so that's kind of funny. Um, I'm I'm glad I don't show my dick in the movie because otherwise people might walk up to me, pull their dick uh, out, and go, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So so know. what that part of your career? That's got to be a super exciting part of your career. Was that before or after con? That was. Um, it's it's all kind of like one right around that same. Yeah, it was my first sort of. Um, it was my first moment where it was like, um, I was making. You had you had heat on you or whatever. Had some, had some heat. Had some heat. So I, I made. I was making so many audition tapes at the time. I was trying to get in dodgeball. I was trying to get in waiting. I was trying to get in um, stuck on you. I was trying to get in uh, all these movies at the time. Um, huge like comedies and stuff. And um, I actually got in two of them. I got in stuck on you, um, the Fairly Brothers movie, and then I got in. Waiting. I remember shooting that in New Orleans in 2000. 
I think I want to say 2003, no, 2004, 2004. And uh, it was during Mardi Gras. So the coolest part about it was here's this young, fun, quirky, hot looking cast. You know what I mean? I'm not referring to me. I look for the women that were in the movie and Ryan Reynolds. Let's be real. Ryan Reynolds. I'd Ryan his Reynolds. Hello. (laughs) I'll dead his pool. (laughs) (laughs) I'd van his Wilder. Hello. Hello. Um, So, um, um, I was going to say I'd save his house, but that one didn't, it didn't <laughs> save house. That didn't. Um, so we were shooting that, um, you know, call times, you know, call times go like six in the morning, seven mm-hmm. in the morning. And then we get off 12 hours later and then we party all night and then go straight. Like, there were times where we're coming straight to set still hammered. And you could tell in the movie, like some of us are like are shaking well, while we're like grabbing it's, things. It's like, kind of funny because like it looks like people who party like it it captured that like like you guys in the kitchen like look kind of like everybody it, partied you know? except Ryan Reynolds and he was the one that turned into the huge star. I guess there's a lesson in that somewhere. Uh, like I mean, everybody partied but him. Um, uh, he wasn't a dick or anything. He just you know he just he he was on his way and just kind of in his own world and. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? But the rest of us, like, Dane was about to blow up. Although Dane doesn't party, he never has. Uh, but he would go out with us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy Milnakis, you know, huge public stoner. So I don't think I get any trouble for that. He talks about it all the time. Luis. Louis Guzman. Yeah. Louis is not much of a partier, but, like, he's just, he loves to go out. I mean, he doesn't not drink. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But he's, he, I, I've certainly never seen him blitzed. And he's become a really good buddy. Um, who else would go out with us? Uh, well, I was dating Alana at the time. The girl that shows her, the, remember the girl that shows her Bush? Oh, the ha ha! Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we were together for a long time. Oh, nice. Um, and then were um, you now? Did you know Dane? Were you friends with him? Like, did you book that together, or did you meet on set? No. Um. So you know, I wasn't. Um. My whole, I didn't follow what would now be considered, I guess, the normal trajectory of joining the comedy community. Like, you know, I know a lot of people come out here and they work the door at the store or they work their way up through Monday night and then they just, you know, they open for somebody. And then I kind of came in from the side, like, because I I wasn't getting roles and I wasn't really doing a lot of stand-up because I got to be honest with you, when I got here, I was really intimidated by stand-up because I'd done stand-up back home and I moved here in September of 2000. And, and where's home again? Home's uh, well, home, real home to me is St. Louis, Missouri. But at this time, I left Kalamazoo, Michigan, to come out here. So um, I done stand up in Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids and stuff. Not a lot. I wasn't like a name on the scene. I wasn't yeah, you know, yeah. opening for big names. I was just doing what I could do, and mostly open mics, but a couple feature gigs. And um, I um, I got out here, and my first night of stand up. Well, let me actually back up. Before I moved here in September of two thousand. I visited, uh, this is a famous visit in my life, I visited L.A. in um, uh, also September of 98. At Labor Day weekend, my dad was shooting a commercial out here, writes and directs commercials. And so I came out here, and my dad goes, hey, I got his tickets to the Laugh Factory tonight. I mean, so this is before I understand, like, anything about these clubs. Yeah, how it works, the process, anything. For me, this is like, I'm going to... I'm going to see Aerosmith at the Rose Bowl. Like, yeah. this is the big, you know. So we, I go to the Laugh Factory. I'm walking in, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. This is the lineup. This is no joke. This is the lineup. Um, Dane Cook hosting. This is how back, far back we're going. Ralphie May doing a five-minute guest spot. Um, Chris Spencer. Harlan Williams. Jeff Ross. Um, Jay Moore. Um, Suli McCullough. And a pop in by Adam Sandler. So I watch this and my I'm excited, but I'm also like, okay, I'm not quite this good yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't, you know, because that's you, so intimidating. When you have when the guest spots and the hosts are Dane Cook and Ralphie May, 
these no names at the time. Yeah. And, and they're, they're that good. Crushing. Dude, this is Dane. There's there's different levels of Dane. This is like hyperactivity physical Dane. Which, which is I my really favorite love. Dane. Oh, I loved that's that. My Dane. favorite Dane. And I'm not saying I don't like Dane now. I love Dane now. But I was just that's what I came up on was the Dane running around on stage as the Kool Aid Man and doing all that shit from our childhood. I mean, he was just he was a genius, is a genius. And so, um, I see that lineup, and I go outside. This is really cool. Uh, the what Jay Moore did. I go outside. Uh, the first person I walk up to is Adam Sandler because why wouldn't you? And he's he's waiting for his ride. He's about to leave. He's with some buddies. And I walk up, I go, hey, man, I, I'm a big fan. I want to know if I can get a picture, and I want to know if I can get some advice. He goes, I'll, I'll do the picture. As far as advice, I've really got to get going. So we took a quick picture, and I, he said something kind to me, but, like, it wasn't like, you know, whoa, you blew my mind. Right. He, he was he was Adam Sandler. This is 98. This is, like, wedding singer era Adam Sandler. Yeah. So he's, 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 he's a little busy. Yeah, so, just uh, work hard, and uh, all right, see you later, kid. Oh, oh, hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Jay Moore's standing there. I go up to Jay Moore. Couldn't have been cooler. Uh, I, sa- I said to him, I go, my name is Skyler. I'm from Michigan. I want to be a comedian. I'd, I'd love to get some advice. He goes, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So he takes me and my dad over, talks to me for 40 minutes about stand-up, about how to get in the union, about how to get a manager, about where to live in town, where not to. I mean, this guy did not need to do this. It was very cool of him. And so um, that's so rare that somebody sets aside that kind of time. Yeah. And that's why I don't have a lot of patience. For, th- there's some people that tell like Jay Moore stories. And sometimes it's like, you know, about when he was maybe being crazy. And it's like, look, first of all, we're comics. We're all fucking crazy. Yep. And the other thing is like, you know, you could everybody has a bad day. So I don't know what's you know what their st- situation is with them. They can tell their story all they want. For me, Jay changed my life because not only did he take the time. Then I move here two years later, like I told you, September 2000. The first night, I, I put my bags down after driving for five days here. My girlfriend was too tired to go out, and the, the people we were staying with for the first couple months while I lived here didn't want to go out. I drove myself down to the Laugh Factory. I bought my own ticket. I walked in. Who's on the fucking lineup? Jay Moore. And so when he's done performing, I walk up. I go, there's no way you're going to remember this. But two years ago, he was, he snapped. He looked at me. He goes, I don't know your name. You're from the Midwest, and you want to be a comic. And I could not believe he remembered me. I couldn't believe it. I like That meant so much to me. And he goes, I'm going to do you a big favor. He walks me over to Jamie Masada, who's the owner of the Laugh Factory, and still is to this day. And he goes, and he literally lies to Jamie. He goes, hey, he goes, hey, Jamie, this is one of my best friends from back home, Skylar. I want you to take care of him. So I was like a made man right away. I got to like go do spots. Like I literally didn't have to do the open mic. I mean, I did do the open mic, but I didn't have to. Like already Jamie knew who I was. I wasn't in the rotation like, you know, paid regular Friday nights and shit. But like, you know, he'd give me five minutes on a Tuesday night or something here and there. That's huge. Like coming straight off the bat from Michigan. That's huge. But I got intimidated. I kept comparing myself to all these people. I didn't realize that that I'm allowed to be in a phase where like. Yeah, you're growing. I, I didn't realize that. I thought I needed, I would watch these guys destroy and I'm like there's not a quiet moment during this guy's set and I, I'm like you know my setups are too long and I and, and whatever I ju- judge myself so I just kind of stopped doing stand-up and that's when I created con and so the, the reason I said I entered weird was con took me on this like okay I'm a prank guy and like then I got considered for prank shows and and then I was acting I got in waiting and stuck on you and and the island and for your consideration and all these other movies and then the next thing you know you know, people were like, you know, all your online bios say you're a stand-up. And so for, from like 2003 to 2006, I'm not really doing stand-up. But I'm already like getting recognized on the street and stuff. So like my career is going good, but I'm like, why did I ditch stand-up? So when Con got canceled and when I didn't get SNL, when I tested for SNL, I'm like, it's time to go back to the drawing board. So in 06, 
uh, Jamie gave me my own show, College Night, on uh, Tuesday nights at the Laugh Factory. And 06 is kind of when I really started taking stand-up, you know, more seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of went, uh, and I didn't get raised in the store system. It was more the factory and the improv, and uh, I've kind of been a new uh, entry into the store as the last couple yeah, years. Yeah, you've uh, been doing your show, Comedy Rocks, yeah. uh, a couple times a month on Thursdays Yep, there. And yeah, the lineups are insane every single time. They're pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, man. Because I, I like to try and get some people to come there that aren't there all the time. Like, I love getting the regulars, like, you know, Tom Segura and D'Elia and Jeff Ross and, you know, Whitney and anybody like that. But I like to try, I like to get, you know, you know get like Titus, Christopher Titus, you know. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else more, like David Allen Greer. Like, I like to just grab these guys that aren't necessarily there every night. You sure. Know what I mean, so it's been a lot of fun. Heck yeah, dude. Let's get into this next segment uh, called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. I reached out to uh, people online, and uh, there's a few questions uh, that they wanted to ask Skylar Stone from Instagram. Uh, this is from at Rockin' Pins. Any bad first impressions with a fellow comedian? Ooh. Like so me. Just like, like, like you meet them, and you're like, I don't know about this guy. Oh, so them, not so me. So them. Or you could make a bad impression on another comedian. Oh, I've, I've left plenty of those. Let's, let's do one of those then. Well, as a guy that just got sober for the second time, uh, but this time it's going to stick, um, you know, I, I have some nights that have been explained to me uh, because I don't remember them, you know. Um, I know that there was a night where, um, okay, here's a story. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, here we go. Here we go. Don't think I've told this one on a podcast. Um, so at the Laugh Factory, this would have been around... This has been in 2007. I've now been doing my show at the Laugh Factory for a year. It's going good. Um, we were not selling out, but comping out, meaning like we weren't selling tickets, but, uh, you know, I'd turn in a guest list of 400 and we'd fill it up, you know, with that. And so for the level that I was at, that was a big deal. Like, I'm, you know, I'm getting stage time at a big club. And so you would think that I would take that seriously and have respect for the club and certainly respect for the comics on the lineup with me. And in a lot of ways I did for both of those things. However... Um, there was a day, <laughs> this is embarrassing now that I think about it, have you ever, like, um, wanted a role so bad, but then in hindsight you're like, you know, why did I want that one so bad? Like, like you wanted it bad because maybe the money or, or the moment you just wanted it to work, but then when you look back you're like, that movie didn't really change lives. Like, yeah, yeah. This one was... Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the first one, when they when they made the first one with uh, Jason Lee. I gotta get this role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been big, it, dude. It, so it, it it ended up being. I'm not even kidding. This is gonna sound like I'm lying, but I swear to God, I could find the emails and show you. It was down to George Lopez, David Cross, and me. Does that make any sense to you? No. Yeah. So they didn't know what they wanted. They didn't know role. what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, it went to David Cross, correct? It did. Yeah, yeah. And so, but it was supposed to go to me. They had chosen me. And to the point where my lawyer was like, hey, uh, contract's all settled up. Uh, expect it, you know, sometime after lunch today, after 2 o'clock, you should uh, get a messenger at your house. And I couldn't believe it. And, and dude, I was going to get, I think, like 60, 70 grand, something like that. I mean, life-changing money, dude. Again, you know, like that like that commercial. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Um, and all of a sudden, towards the end of the day, they get a call. And they said, hey, David Cross came down. And what he's willing to do it for, it's going to David Cross. And I was just like, oh, my God. And they already had the contract? Yeah. So I start oh. drinking. I start drinking. It's like 4 in the afternoon, and I've got a spot at the Laugh Factory at 8.15. And I'm drinking. And you I'm drinking. You just are hearing, like, the yeah. chipmunk voices in your head. It's <laughs> like, hey, Skylar. Skylar, you didn't get it. Why didn't you get it, Skylar? <laughs> like, Shut up. Shut Alvin. Up. <laughs> Alvin. <laughs> 
so I'm um I'm getting um I'm getting fucking saucy at this point. So I get in the uh, I get in the cab. Actually, this is pre Uber. Take a yellow cab all the way over to um all the way over to the Laugh Factory. I get on stage and then I embarrass the shit out of myself. I got on stage and tried to do crowd work in the front row. But when you're drunk and you're, you know, it, it fucks with your empathy. All of a sudden you don't, you, you become selfish, you know, when you're an alcoholic, right? Okay. And so I'm like drunk as shit and there's this guy in the front row and I just go, I said to him, uh, he was old and he's by himself. And I go, yeah, I know, dude. First of all, don't fuck Any, with old people. Don't mess with people who are alone. It's, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Nobody you, thinks you, it's funny. You look funny. like a dick. You look every, like a every, dick. It's so rare that you can pull it off where. No, you can't. You can't pull it off. I mean, maybe someone like Louis C.K. could find a way because he's found a way to like make holocaust jokes like he makes everything yeah some of louis ca has like a card to just like get away with just about every type he says the n-word on stage like i don't know how he does it so um i'm i'm on stage i'm not louis ck i'm not at a level where i can get away with just about anything i'm a young little fucking brat you know what i mean um and um i said to him i go um why are you alone right now would your wife die or something and he goes yeah she did yeah did the whole room just did you hear how quiet it was when I just said it to you? Yeah. Take that times five hundred. It was deafening. So as soon as as soon as you s- say that, like in your head, were you just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> That's exactly what I was like. Wait, can I take that back? I don't know what to do. Uh, so where are you from? Is this my subconscious? Yes, this is Skylar's subconscious right now. I just asked this guy what happened to his wife, and she said he died. Where do I go from here? You're an idiot. I understand that. I could use a little more help in that right now. No, that's all I can think right now. You're an idiot. What am I going to do? Um, try to make something funny happen. So, sir, um, and then I, I literally proceed to like go... On and on and on, trying to make jokes. It's like, not working. <laughs> and so the whole time, that's what I'm thinking. I, I've got nothing. I got nothing. And the crowd hated me. And the show came to a screeching halt. And I get off stage. And Finesse Mitchell goes, can I talk to you real quick upstairs? So Finesse Mitchell and I don't really know each other. Um, takes me upstairs with Dane. And they have me pinned against the wall. Not like we're going to fight you, but like, bro, you like, like not, they're not like pushing me as hard as they can. They just have their hand, like Finesse has his hand on my chest saying, he goes, you need to have respect for this club. You need to have respect for what this club means, what it stands for, why people come here. And the people that are on stage after you, like, at what point did you think any of that was fun? I mean, he's going on and on. And, he, and then he smells how drunk I am. He goes, he goes, you have a problem. He goes, you should not be this drunk before you get on stage. And I start telling the story about how I didn't get a role. He's like, we all didn't get a role. That's our, if you don't fuck, if you can't handle that, fucking leave. He's like, that's it. Our whole life is we didn't get a role. He goes, I got an SNL and now I'm not an SNL. Dane wanted to get in this movie. He didn't get in that movie. And Dane's like, do you have any fucking times? I've been told no. Like, he's like, get fucking tough skin, bro, or get the fuck out. And then they gave me like a talking to, dude. I got banned at the Laugh Factory. This is 2007. I wasn't allowed to come back till 2013. Yeah. So first impression. Was, it was, it got that bad. Wow. Bro, my drinking I can't explain to you what it's like. Like I like I can't like, people are constantly trying to 
people don't really do this a lot anymore. But for a while, people were like, you could take a hit of a joint. They didn't even put a joint up to me. Like, most people know now, like, don't fucking offer Skylar anything. Like, yeah. like the community's been really cool at this point, actually. Like, very, to the point where I'll be back at, at Sacred Ground at the comedy store, and someone will light up, like, hey, is, is this cool if I do it in front of you? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm fine. You know what I mean? But, but it's very nice that people yeah. care. But, like, it got to a point where, like, you know, I would mix everything. That was my issue. It was, like, it was Vicodin and it was Coke. It was Molly. It was, I, I can't stop. If I get two drinks in me, I'm calling a Coke guy within 10 minutes. It's not even a question. And I'm having delivered and we're going we're gonna to do this all night. You know what I mean? So me and Finesse are cool now. He's one of my best friends in comedy. He's, like, an older brother to me. And I've opened up for him. Um, he's done a lot of favors for me. Uh, he does my benefits uh, wholeheartedly and just he never says no. Like, we're very cool now. It, it actually brought us closer together. Yeah, of course. Whenever somebody talks real to you like that, you end up respecting them way more. thousand percent. We're very close. I mean, and Dane it's, are very it's, close it's now. Your, it's the people who aren't your friends are like, oh, that guy just ate it. See you later. Like, yeah. it doesn't, like, go out of their way to be like, hey, man, like, yeah. you can't do that, you know? And a lot of comics know now that my next thing that I'm trying to, I'm trying to lose all the weight. I, put, I mean, I've never been this you know, heavy. Like I, I, I usually weigh about 50 pounds less than this. So a lot of people are looking out for me now. Like if they see me ordering a soda at the store, they take it right out of my hand. Like they know that I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, this generation's John Belushi. Like just trying to get it all together, you know. Um, but, um, you know, without the fame. I guess I'm not that famous, but, you know. Um, so when, yeah. when you, uh, like when you tested for SNL, did you, were you having any issues with that kind of stuff like leading up to like around that time? Like with any substances or... I was um I was a functioning here's the thing. Other than that story right there, you'd be hard pressed to find a lot of times where the alcohol and the drugs directly affected my career. Right. Indirectly all the time. I was never late to a set. I was never I never missed an audition because I was hungover. I never didn't show up to something. That was not me. I know there are guys like that. Like Belushi was like they had to go over and like wake him up in the morning and shit, you know. There's stories about Bernie Brillstein having to like. Yeah, smack Chris him. Farley became like an insurance issue yeah. on sets. Yeah, I was never that guy. I was a fully, highly. I'm referred to as a highly functioning alcoholic addict. You know, there's there's a lot of people that just didn't even know it was like. I mean, I don't. When you met me, did you know that I had a problem, or did you, or did you not know? No. Yeah, a lot of people. It's funny whenever you and I get really like wound up together. I've had like people whenever I get like really excited and energetic, they think I do coke. That's funny. I, I would never guess that about you because your energy is it's it's very real and Coke energy is not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you don't have Coke vibes, but um, but, you know, novice people. Hashtag Coke vibes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Coke vibes, dude. <laughs> you don't have those hashtag Coke vibes, dude. You're like pretty chill. Like yeah. your, your energy is like real and raw and organic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I said Coke vibes. Coke vibes. Jesus. Hashtag Coke vibes, dude. What is wrong We're with me? We're in L.A., dude. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I was, I was highly functioning, so um, I didn't, it just didn't, you know, when I was testing for SNL, I didn't have that sort of an issue, um, you know. I did hear, it, there is a story out there, and um, if it isn't true, I'm sorry, TJ, I, th I think TJ tested for SNL, TJ Miller. I think he did too. And I, I heard, I heard he the did. night before he got a little. He was either hungover and he went in, or still on a good one, or something weird happened. I don't remember the whole story, but there's a couple guys that have gotten really nervous and drank before their SNL test, and that's the, I did. I would never do something like what that. What was your What was your test like? Well, do you like the some of the characters or the impressions that you uh, you brought? Um, wait, before I tell you that, can I tell you something I did in the dressing room before I tested? I would love that. Okay. To this day, I don't know why I did this. This is okay. This is an example of it inadvertently affecting me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying this is why I didn't get it, but this definitely probably was very weird to people surrounding the show. 
Um, like I wouldn't show up smelling like alcohol because I wasn't drinking. I wouldn't show up late because I was on time. I was a, a good boy. What I would do is I'd be zooted up on, you know, like I didn't think Vicodin was a drug. To me, I'm like, it's a painkiller. My dentist gave it to me. I bought it legally. Didn't get it from a drug dealer. Um, sure, I said I had pain that I didn't have. That's a little ad behavior. But you know what? Everybody lies a little bit. It's a white lie. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to take a couple of Vicodin. So I was known to just have a couple of Vicodin in my system for, for maybe a test. I don't remember whether or not I was on Vicodin when I tested, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was. Like, yeah. I wasn't snorting it or shoving it up my ass or anything. I, I probably maybe that morning just took a couple to yeah. chill. All right, cool. Yeah. Oh, good, though. Yeah. So I was sitting in the dressing room, and the cool thing about have you been to SNL? Yeah. Did you, uh, test, did you test for it? Uh, no, I haven't yet, no. Um, um, I went there, so uh, when Eric Marino was writing on the show, he gave me, like, the grand tour. Like, we watched the show from the writer's room, oh, and then wow. we went backstage after the show and, like, checked out all the dressing rooms and everything. So, so okay, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But for the, for the listener, the dressing rooms, um, what's so, if you're an SNL buff, and dude, Jeremiah, I'm not even kidding. Like, other than the drug and alcohol thing, which I know you don't have a problem with, you remind me of me in so many ways. Like your 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 you your hustle, your 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 knowledge of comedy. Your I mean, and then even just being in your apartment, like you know, you <laughs> so have one of the somebody uh, on Instagram put, "Is this you from the future?" <laughs> <laughs> About me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. You're like, I hope I don't get as fat as Skyler. Um, <laughs> no, but um, like just like you have like like I had an SNL or OG cast photo yeah. right next to my desk when I wrote, and and and, and I have a collection of comedy. Vinyl. You've got this Robin Williams and this Steve Martin. Yeah. I have these ones on my wall, and um, you're just you're a hustler. So your hustle reminds me of like, especially young me, like pre kids. You know when my life got really crazy. Um, but anyway, the reason I bring that up is, um, wait, what the hell were we just talking about? Uh, what you're doing in the dressing room before uh, the SNL test, and you're talking about the dressing rooms. Oh yeah, so like the dressing rooms. Um, there's like a, 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 a there's a if you're an SNL freak, which I can tell you are because you even have an SNL picture in your bathroom, too. Yeah. Like if you're an SNL, just Brady uh, Matthews art. There you go. Oh, is that what yeah, Brady? Brady Matthews drew that? You're Chris right. Farley. That's yeah. right. That's right. I love Brady's paintings. Yeah, they're great. I have ideas for him. There's I, I, there's a couple of ones that I want to maybe commission him on. I don't think he's maybe he's already done this. Has he done a Michael Keaton yet? I don't know. I, I want him to do a Michael that'd be Keaton cool. for me. That'd be really cool. I think I'm going to do that. Um, so, Brady, what's up, bro? What I did. Slide into the dams, bro. Seriously, bro. <laughs> Hashtag Coke fives it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brady kind of reminds me of Brady Matthews. He has a little bit of a Mark Wahlberg demeanor to him. Well, he does a great Mark Wahlberg impression. Does he really? A phenomenal one. Maybe that's what it's, I. Maybe yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I'm even saying yeah, yeah. that. But but even just his natural vibe, like just when you talk to him, he's very just like you know, hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I draw everybody. That's what I do. I fucking draw you right. now. I'm drawing you right now. You can't even tell. You know, like, <laughs> that's kind of like Delia's impression. Uh, have you seen Delia do him? Yeah, yeah. Oh on, my uh, god, he'll be like on you know, Instagram. Yeah. I woke up at six a.m. today. I woke up at five forty-five. Today I woke up at two p.m. The next day, it's not even the next day, but I, that's when I woke up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so um. When you, if you're an SNL buff, it's pretty cool because when you get in the dressing room, there's plaques of whose dressing room this has been before. Do you remember oh. that? Oh, so like you'll go in there and you'll it'll be every era. It'll literally say this was Fallon's, and before that it was Jay Moore's, and before that it was Kevin Nealon's, before that it was you know Chevy Chase's, you know. And so I'm in a room, and um, it was currently Keenan Thompson's room. This is 2005, and so it's Keenan Thompson's room. I don't know why I did this, bro. This is a great example of just like, what are you doing? Like, I there was a pencil in the room. There was a poster. It was an 
a Muhammad Ali poster. I think this was just nerves, possibly Vicodin influencing this decision. I just grabbed a pencil and I wrote Keenan Thompson a note on his poster that's in his own dressing room. Oh. Yes. And I just said, hey, Keenan, we have the same agent. I'm also at Endeavor. I go, I heard a lot of stories about you. you uh, you're great on the show. Like, I'm like signing his poster and personalizing it to him. Bro, I can't explain it to you. Like, so if you think that's crazy, imagine actually being the person that did it. Like, it's little moments like that where I know I just did something really peculiar. And like, you know, like, so people have stories like that on me. Out there. Like, like, I'm not quite at like Andy Dick level where people are telling stories about, oh, yeah, that guy tried to suck my dick in a parking lot. But no, I, I people do have stories like, yeah, Skylar signed my poster with a pencil while he was testing. Nobody really knows why he did that. <laughs> it's just weird shit, dude. But I don't do shit like that anymore. But looking back, it's like, it's I was highly functioning in that I was still like mostly professional. I was there. I did my job You know, I over delivered where I could and, and under promised and, and and did what I said I'd do. But just along the way, just did little weird things. Little where people weird, like, quirky things. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah, he was actually early. He was very polite to the crew. Um, he uh, he killed it. Uh, the stars loved him. Uh, I saw them exchanging phone numbers. And uh, only he, weird thing he did was he rubbed a Twinkie on his nipple right before he left. Yeah. And then he just walked out. It was very strange. Like, so there's little things like that. Little, yeah, little yeah. commas to stories. So like, after you're in the dressing room, you go to test. You go out there, and do you remember what kind of set list or anything that you did? Was it? Did you lean more towards stand up? Was it more just characters and no stand up? Because again, this would have been oh right yeah, around the time where you wasn't yeah. really doing stand up. Um, I didn't do Vince Vaughn yet because Wedding Crashers hadn't come out. Wedding Crashers is what made me go. I need to do an Owen Wilson and a Vince Vaughn, uh, and that was like oh seven, I think. So I did Owen Wilson. I, I was doing him back in the time. I did Owen Wilson. Um, Oh, my God. What was the bit? Owen Wilson. Oh, Owen Wilson as a doctor coming in to tell you that you have cancer. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, probably drug fuel decision to like that's probably that's that's an edgier cable that's like, show. That's, that's like real. a darker. Yeah. yeah, yeah darker sensibilities. But see, now if you were to come to me and go, Skylar, I want some advice. I would give great advice because not only could I tell you what to do, I could tell you what not to do. Like, yeah, yeah. There were things that I did looking back. Where I'm like. That's why you didn't get it, stupid. You didn't, do, you know, it's not like they sat there and said, I can't believe he talked about cancer. We're not giving Scott. I, I didn't like shoot myself in the foot to the point where like, that's the thing. But yeah. it didn't help probably. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, it didn't it's, it's little things that like you, you reflect on back where you're like, oh, it's like in hindsight could have done maybe this or this instead of that. A lot of people now um, get there. You know, they didn't used to do this, um, but now they do this. Um, like you'll make a tape. And if they like you enough to have you come do like a live performance at like the West Side Theater or UCB or something, or even come to have you test, they'll give you notes and tell you which ones they don't want to see. Don't do that one. Don't do this. And, sure. And can you come up with something more relevant? You know what I mean? Um, they didn't used to do that. And so I point that out because before they used to do that, you kind of needed to just be a, a smart person that was like, you know what? I should probably do things that are useful for them. Do you know what I mean? I should yeah. probably do relevant things. Harry, do you know Harry Basil? Yeah. Okay, so he, uh, legendary comic from the store, like, you know, grew up in, like, that era, like, the 70s and 80s, like, the prime of, yeah. you know, and a really the golden nice age. Guy. Yeah, super nice. Um, he told me a story of he is a killer impressionist, right? Yeah. So he didn't have the wherewithal at his time. It was early on in his career. He's an impressionist. They call him in to test at SNL, right? Mm-hmm. 
he just wants to he thinks he should kill as hard as he can exactly and he did five minutes of stand-up with no impressions in it and he says if i would have known now he goes i would have just done my thing and done impressions yeah you know what i mean it's like like you don't know sometimes though if you don't have somebody that's like hey specifically you should do this you know what i mean you can be honest with them and just be like hey i'm an impression guy i don't really have og characters that won't help you. I mean, your impressions at that point would have to be like fucking Phil Hartman, Mike Myers, Bill Hader size impression. Like yeah, you yeah. better fucking have impressions. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, if you're like, I'm kind of an OG character guy, I don't do impressions. Well, then you better show me some Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, some Dana Carvey, you know, Garth. Yeah, exactly. I love that test. And so, you know, um, uh, they really want to see both. So the best thing you can do is do both, but it's okay to lean, you know, it's okay to be like a 60, 40 guy and, be, and really show that impressions is kind of my thing, but I also do OG characters. That's yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Um, and so back then, again, they didn't really give notes on what you should or shouldn't do. Um, you know, you just made a tape and then um, the, the live showcase wasn't really happening back then. You, it, it kind of went tape to test. Yeah. And, and now there's an extra step. Now it's like tape locally test in LA if you crush that then you're going to go and you're going to test um which you know did you have some original characters that you did that I, you remember I did um I had Spencer the wedding DJ and he was just like a you know um just a terrible I was a wedding DJ and I pride it myself um because I, I got very popular at the company I was at power Power mix, power mix DJs. Power mix DJs. Well, a lot of them were just like older guys that like, you know, just like, you know, literally were like, you know, they, they'd make jokes at the wrong time. Like you can make a joke when, you, when you're doing the garter pull off. That makes sense. You, you got a guy going up a girl's leg, time to make a, maybe a joke. Don't go too, don't be like, you know, too dark. Like, but some of these guys. Look got, at that pussy. Ah, what did I just say? They got a little stripper DJ. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. literally like, you know, so they would, you know, I, I, the, the, I, the conceit of the, the idea of the character was like, um. It was just like, hey, Spencer, the wedding DJ, what's going on? We're about to cut the cake. I'll tell you what, I just cut the cheese. I don't think you smelled that. It's not my fault. They're passing around crab cakes as an appetizer. Those get me every time. Zinger, bam. Like, it was just like yeah. a really, like, you know, overly verbose guy that keeps talking and, you know, shouldn't talk at the times <laughs> that he talks and keeps talking. You should just announce that they're going to cut the cake and shut right. the fuck up. Hashtag right? Coke vibes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a cocaine-fueled sort of, like, fucking, you know, Kalamazoo County, you know, guy that never left, still thinking about that pass he fucked up in high school, and now he, you know, ended up. <laughs> that would have changed everything, man. Yeah. If now, I would, yeah. if I would have got that extra touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm wearing the cummerbund for life, you know. So that was one of the OG characters. Um, God, see, honestly, Jeremiah, the reason it's hard for me to even remember is if there were more, they weren't that good, and that was my problem. I didn't really have OG characters, and. Jay Moore gave me the greatest advice. Unfortunately, he gave it to me after my test. Um, he, because uh, I was making another tape, and because uh, it, it was cool. After I tested, I didn't get it. They went with um, Sandberg and Hater. So tough company. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, I remember Sandberg. Both stars of the show, man. Sandberg walked. He was in the hallway. Um, I think you might have tested the same year as uh, Jonathan Kite as well, like around that time. Maybe not. Maybe he tested later. Later. He tested yep. later. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I remember he came to me talking about it and stuff. But um, so this is like 05. So um, uh, Sandberg's like walking in the hallway. And um, I, I'll never forget this. Like he just he has that like 
his cockiness is so funny. Like there's something funny to it. Like that's part of his charm is that it's always kind of a, he's always a little elevated, little on, you know, it's just how he is, you know. And so, and that can be really annoying, but it works for him. And that's why he got it because he literally, I, I'll never forget this when he, uh, uh, who's the other guy? Um, help me out. Um, the other guy in Lonely Island. Is uh, Yorma or Yorma. Akiva? Yorma was with him too, who was also testing. Because they didn't know what they wanted to do with those three guys. Akiba wasn't, he was always, he was always just sending a writer's packet. The agents were trying to get the three of them on, and, but they didn't know what they were going to do, if it was going to be like a 2-1 combo or whatever. Yeah. And so um, I remember I met Yorma, and we, we talked a lot. And he was like really cool. And he was, oh, this is Andy. He goes, hey, what's up, dude? You know I'm going to get this, right? But he said it in like a funny way that I was like, I think he probably, did he just, did he just psych me out? Like he said it in this weird way where it, it didn't, I know that sounds cocky and not funny. It was somehow funny. You had to be there. Like, he said it away, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just fucking with you, but also psyching you out. Eh, like, walked away. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, dude. Oh, my God, I think he just got it. Like, And, and he did. Um, wait, why was I talking about that? What else were we going to say? Oh, the advice I got. So, Jay Moore says to me, he's like, um, uh, I was trying to make a second, because this was cool. They asked me the next year to make a tape, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Because a lot of guys get it their second year. Um, Yo, yeah, a lot of times it takes a couple times. Yeah, they want to just see you grow a little I bit. I was stoked. So, like, I was like, okay, this is a big deal. Don't fuck this up. And again, I'll show you the tape sometime. It's interesting what I was trying to do, but it was too much. An SNL tape needs to be simple. It's got to be really simple. And I really wanted to try and reinvent the wheel. And it's like, why are you going to reinvent something that's just, just the way they do it? Like, yeah, yeah. Because then also you come across as someone that might be trying to reinvent the way. That thing is like, even though it's it's very a complicated show, they have it down to a well-oiled machine at this point. It's actually quite simple to them. Yeah. The people that are on that show have been camera operating for 20 years. The people that are ADing that show have been doing it for 15 years. You know so, what I mean? so what was the advice that Jay gave you? Well, so Jay, he goes, um, he says to me, um, um, he's like, uh, he looks at my tape. And he goes, um, he goes, you have a lot of impressions on this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, I go, what's wrong with that? He goes, dude, Lorne Michaels, uh, he goes, he cares about humor, obviously. But he works for a network. And he also has a production company. And he had a deal with Paramount and a deal with everybody. And Lorne Michaels is in the business of making money. He goes, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, yes, he wants to do good stuff, but he wants to make money. Lorne Michaels can't, there's a gift shop at the bottom of Rockefeller Plaza. He cannot put your Vince Vaughn impression on a mug. He cannot put your own Wilson impression on a keychain. He goes, you, you need Molly Shannon character. What's that character? The superstar? Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. You need Church Lady. You need Wayne's World. Like You can't make a movie out of your Vince Vaughn impression. And so I, that just really blew my mind because it's like, Yes, we love the impressions on SNL, but why do we really love SNL? We love following a character from the show to the screen, like Wayne's World. Or even It's Pat. It's not a huge movie, but I, I grew up with It's Pat. Sure. I love that character. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, my God, dude. That's, I think that's what kind of torpedoed me. You know what I mean? I, I, just had, I had the impressions, but I didn't, have, I didn't have the OG characters. You know? Gotcha. Let's get into this final segment. I'll wrap up real quick. Sax talk. Sax talk. Oh. So, Skyler's going to share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm going to play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath while he does it. Whenever you're ready, Skyler, I will follow you with the sax. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, he told me about this right before we started, and I was trying to think of something, and is it okay if it's kind of gross? 
Okay. All right. Um, I used to do promo work. Promo work is when you get a gig working for a very large corporation, um, such as Old Navy. Okay? So, in this case, I was working for Old Navy. Old Navy was um, hiring people to go outside the Rose Bowl at a flea market and stand at like a little stand and hand out these new kinds of Old Navy jeans. So I was standing there working with my buddy Dave and Christine and there were a couple and we were saddled with a fourth person. She happened to be a, a attractive blonde. And so she's hanging out and I'm hanging out and Dave and Christine are like, you know, kissing and, you know, being all over each other while we're working. And so, you know, what's on my mind? Pussy. So I'm looking at this girl and you know, we're talking and then, you know, I start making jokes about the pants and then I grab a, uh, the largest pair of pants that I could find there and I make a joke that maybe we both could fit in it together. So it uh, turns out that we could. We actually saddled ourselves in these jeans and um, we stood there and we were pretty tight, you know, right next to each other. But that was the fucking point. So um, now it's on, you know, um, she could tell that I have a slight chub and uh, I could tell that she's into it and she's laughing at everything I'm saying, even the things that aren't that funny. And so uh, we take this little party back to Dave and Christine's apartment. So now we're Dave and Christine's apartment over there on uh, Vineland in Studio City. Ordered a couple uh, $5.99 Domino's medium pizzas. Because nothing sets the mood like pineapple and ham and crushed red pepper. So we're having a good time. We're eating. And, um, you know, Dave and Christine had a roommate. I'll leave the roommate's name out of this, but um, he was a very uh, dark individual. When I say... When I say dark individual, I'm not talking about his skin color. I'm talking about his emotional and mental health. His entire room looked like Trent Reznor and Tim Burton and Marilyn Manson designed it. A lot of devilish stuff. Uh, a lot of weird leather couches and satin sheets and, and melted candles everywhere. And um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas type vibe. Just really dark, really dark. Now, the crazy thing is, he was actually Marilyn Manson's assistant. So it's a dark room. I bring up this room because, you know, Daddy was on the hunt to, to hook up. And I can't hook up in Dave and Christine's room because that's where they're at. And that's what they're doing. So we go into his room. And we decide, you know, um, we're not going to do anything on his bed. We're going to do something just kind of like on the floor. We're making out. We're having a good time. Clothes are coming off. We decide it's time to hook up. And then we do. We're rounding third and we're sliding into home. And Daddy's going all the way. Here we are. We're having a good time. We're going at it. We're going left and right. She's moaning. I'm moaning. It's feeling good. And she's feeling like extra productive down there. Like like I'm doing a good job. It's it's like well, I'm swimming. I'm having a good time. And then out of nowhere, I just noticed that there is blood running down my leg. There's now blood on the ground. Now, it's a dark room. There, there could be blood in this room. It could be very Marilyn Manson-esque. Okay, that could be a normal thing. But I realized, no, it's not just on the ground. It's on my leg. Something's going down. 
Okay, she forgot that she has started her uh, pilgrimage, her monthly pilgrimage. Aunt, Aunt Flo is not only in town, Aunt Flo is sitting on my lap. So all of a sudden, I just realized this, and she sees that, like, you know, the passion has been turned down from a spinal tap 11 to, like, a 4, and she turns around like it's something happening because she's, like, face, you know, we're, we're, it's from behind. So she turns around loses her shit when she realizes what's going on, literally stops everything, runs in the bathroom, slams the door, screams, starts crying. Now I'm sitting there with so many things to take care of. I need to take care of her emotional well-being. I need to take care of my own body. Uh, Excuse me. We are now in someone else's room who's not here, who's a dark individual who doesn't know we're hooking up in his room. Probably loves blood based on who he is, but not necessarily this kind of blood at this time that he didn't put there. So I realize I've got a lot going on. I need to clean up the floor. I need to clean up this mess on me. I need to fucking take care of her. And I need to do this all while making sure that Christine and Dave don't fucking know about it. And also hoping that he doesn't come home. So I walked out into the kitchen. I'm looking for paper towels. I don't see any paper towels. I'm looking for a rag. I only see like a really nice rag. The kind of rag that your mom sent you for Christmas that, and said, don't use this to clean the ground. Don't use this for dog pee or urine or poo or anything. Use this to wipe your hands next to the oven. One of those nice rags. Well, I'm a nice guy, Jeremiah. So I decided I'm not going to use that. So I took my shirt off and I grabbed some Windex and I cleaned the floor as best I can with a combination of Windex and then also they had some leather cleaner. No, there was no carpet cleaner. It was like every kind of cleaner except the cleaner that I needed. But put together, I'm like, it's enough chemicals. It's probably going to come out. I ruined my Cardinals shirt. And, and for those of you that are Cardinals fan, know that Cardinals shirts are either red or white. It would have been great if this one was red because then maybe it would have been salvageable. It was white. So I clean up. I get it all out. It's all gone. She's already left. She's in tears. She's embarrassed. I never heard from her again. She never wanted to talk again. This is before texting. This is before texting, so you can't get a hold of somebody like without calling. So I've left the messages. She's not calling back. No one wants to talk about that after that. And um, that Cardinal shirt was ruined, and I've never told the story until right now. That was pretty intense. <laughs> uh, I remember that like it was yesterday now. I have not thought about that in a long time. Well, you know, on Jeremiah Wonder, sometimes you have to dive into your past yeah. and resurrect what's happening. But man, that was a what a story. <laughs> yeah. You didn't expect that, did <laughs> no, you? No, I, I uh you're like, I got one that I've never told and I was like, Okay, well, I wonder what it's gonna be. And uh it was pretty uh disgusting. It was a little disgusting, but you know what? I uh I appreciated that, that you shared it on this show. <laughs> I do, because I, 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 I like all shapes and sizes of sax talk. Some are really innocent. Some are really gross like that. Is that the grossest one yet? No. Steve-O. Steve-O. Oh, oh well, of course. <laughs> dude, dude, my dog was eating my cum, dude. Dude, that was crazy, dude. Dude, like, and then I just started, like, feeding my dog my cum. You know I got him to do stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. He told me that. He, oh, he did? Oh, yeah. I did? He told me that, and then you told me that as well. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Got him to go up at the Laugh Factory. He actually, I think he mentioned you whenever uh, he was on. 
Um, dude, he's, uh, the he's the man. I love Steve-O. We've gone long because I have loved every minute of this. I loved your stories. I always love riffing with you, man. I'm a bit of a talker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love that you that you understand my ADD because it was funny. Don't think I didn't notice this moment either. All of a sudden, I'm like trying to get to the Jay Moore advice, but then I go to the right and I'm start talking about ADs, and you're like, we're just going to bring that right back yeah, over Yeah, and here. what is the advice again that Jay, <laughs> Jay Moore gave you? And I, that, I need that, so I appreciate that you No, it's it. great. Yeah, it's part of it. Uh, dude, well... Uh, Plug your stuff on social media or where people can see you, dude. Uh, yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's at the Skylar Stone. No, I didn't choose the because I think that I'm special. Someone fucking stole Skylar Stone. So I was forced to pick the Skylar Stone. And Skylar is spelled S-K-Y-L-E-R. A lot of people think it's A-R, but it's E-R. Um, I'm at the Comedy Store every other Thursday. Uh, when is this coming out, by the way? Uh, this will be out in like a week and a half from now. So, okay. Yeah. Well, the next Comedy Rock shows are uh, November Thursday, November 1st, and Thursday, November 8th, and uh, Sunday, November 25th. Um, and then I have my biggest show of the year, um, which I'd love to have you on, by the way. Um, if you're available Thursday, December 6th, it's my annual charity toy drive. It's like the biggest lineup I have of the year, so check oh, your calendar yeah, later. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's going to be, I'm actually doing it all three clubs uh, it, on one night. It's going to be at the Laugh Factory, the Improv, and the Comedy Store all one night, uh, all in the name of charity. Dude. Yeah, all the comics are going to be just like rotating, doing all three shows. That's so cool. It's going to be cool. That's it's going to be really cool. So there's that, and then I'll be on season two of Corporate on Comedy Central. And I got a movie that just hit or will hit Netflix next week called Danger One. So, yeah. There we go. Heck, yeah. And you'll probably hear Skylar. Um, we'll have to have you back on the show, dude. We'd like, love we to. didn't even get into like your voiceover stuff and all that stuff. So there's there's so much that we. There's a lot. Like, there's, there's a, a lot, lot to, that cover. We to touch upon. But, dude, thanks so much for doing the show, brother. Thank you, bro. It was great having you.